0: This is the Westlake Nation
1: Podcast. That Those are the moments that I've always kind of had a goal and dream for. In Westlake, it's because I want to do it for my, for my guys. If we will just stay in the moment here at Westlake, we'll have a chance.
0: The Westlake Nation Podcast is your home for exclusive one-on-one interviews with Westlake student-athletes, coaches, and lifetime chefs. Thank you, Joe. No shot. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Coaches, always. Thanks for the time and good luck. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, Joe. And now, here's your host, Joe Taylor. A special Westlake Nation podcast here as we welcome the new athletic director of Eanes Independent School District. He's coach Callan Noakes, head men's golf coach here at Westlake. How was that experience on Monday night?
1: It was a great experience. You know, I've never been to a school board meeting other than having positive things, so I walked in there with a pretty good attitude and knew what was about to happen. It was a special night. I mean, it felt like the culmination of 20. This is my 24th year at Westlake, and steadily working up the ladder and finally getting to where I wanted to go.
0: From all of us, as far as uh, how we tell the story of Westlake athletics, you can't tell the story without men's golf, and, and really the golf program in total, because it has been so successful. When you got here, you were actually involved in other sports, and I think this is important because now that you're the athletic director, most athletic directors are football coaches, right? and I think there's a, a big misnomer that, well, maybe that's the dual position, maybe that's how they they take care of salary or whatever but at the end of the day you've been everything at Westlake and and really this has been the one spot I think outside of maybe one year at Pflugerville Middle School this is a a lifelong job long thing that you've been around the athletic department for a very long time
1: I mean I started with Eddie Neptune Uh, he hired me gave me my first opportunity and then he hired me as the head golf coach four years later after like you said I'd coached multiple sports on this campus uh, football basketball track I was a college baseball player I, I grew up playing everything so I'm very familiar with all the sports. So. Your background in
0: basketball, your background in football, you came to Westlake as a basketball and football guy right. and I think that's what people sometimes miss because of all the trophies that are in your office and are in all the frames that are on the wall for golf it takes me back to a conversation that we had with Jason Jones who was recently promoted to the defensive coordinator position if you can talk if you can communicate and you can teach then you can coach anything if you put your mind to it as the son of an educator you're the son of an educator mm-hmm. a lot goes into that coach can you talk about how you knew that moment in your career where you said I can teach"? And, and teaching is the most important part of coaching.
1: I think when I was in college, when I was volunteer coaching at WEA, for Brent Buckman's kids, Brad and Ben, you might remember Westlake kids, They were little kids. Uh, This was Little League. I did it for Joe Flack also over there. His kids went through Westlake. Anyway, they were Little League, Pony League, and I would go over there and coach them and teach them because I just finished playing college baseball, so I had a lot of knowledge to give them, and I saw the way that I communicated with them was very effective. I was very positive with them and was telling them what I wanted them to do rather than criticizing every little move they made and figured out pretty early that I can reach kids and motivate them to be their best as we
0: visit with Coach Callan Noakes, new athletic director for Ean's ISD, how does the title sound? Because I know that that's that one moment where you go, man, did I really start all this in 1998? Did I really go in and say, you know what, I'm going to make sure that I get composite certified so I can be like the best candidate ever when it comes to a social studies gig that might open up on campus. I mean, did you ever envision running the place when when you got here?
1: Not when I first got here. You know, you're a young coach, and my first goal at UT when I decided I want to go into coaching was, to get to Westlake because I believe this was the best place for sure in Central Texas and all of Austin and it's just where I wanted to go. They were winning. I felt like I was a winner. I wanted to be part of a winner and contribute to the program. So you're young and you're just trying to get a spot. I'm pretty driven and ambitious so then I'm looking for how can I get promoted and get up to the next spot. So I got up to varsity football after two years which was really great on that staff Uh, but I was just an assistant varsity coach but I was helping with the golf team when Coach Brent wanted me to take him to out-of-town tournaments and to go to practice and stuff with him. So I got pretty close to them, too, and Coach Brent recommended me to Coach Neptune in, in 02 to take over. He said, he, this guy can teach, and he can coach, and he'll do a good job. A lot of people think that the golf coach at any 6A high school in Texas or really any
0: high school must be a good golfer. You being a bigger guy, you know, mm-hmm. you being six foot three and, and being a guy that looks like an athlete, mm-hmm. and, and we talked about this a little bit with one of your students and players. Sean Carl Dobson said, at some point, Tiger changed the mindset of what it was like to be a golfer and made golf a decision that athletes make. And you obviously, as an athlete, made a decision about, well, wait a minute, if I can teach baseball, something I know like the back of my hand, and I can teach basketball because it's something I've played, and I can teach golf, but I'm not a player. You were like a lot of us, you know, two to three, maybe four times a year. Mm -hmm. Go out to the, you know, maybe my
1: buddy gets a green fee somewhere and you go out to a nice country club and hack it around for a little while. That's the way I was at age from about age 21 to 23. But what people don't know is the first job that I took out of uh, at UT was at Barton Creek as an assistant golf pro. At that time, my handicap was probably about six or seven. I could break 80, but I really wasn't that good. But by the time I was probably 26, I was like a 2-3 handicap and shot under par a lot because I worked really hard. at. I loved golf. It was my hobby. When I had free time, I, I'd go to the driving range or, or chip and putt. So even though I was coaching football and basketball here, when I had a spare second off and my wife would let me, I'm at the golf course playing or practicing. What
0: well, I love is it. everybody's ringer. Everybody's got one ringer. and I bet they make the same mistakes about Tony Salazar's game too because Coach Salazar can play as He can as well. play. He can play. Not going through the grind of being a – what I would call an a am- an high amateur player. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the journey that a lot of people don't really understand is when you go into golf, you're dealing with guys that have been playing golf since they could pick up a club. And you're dealing with guys who have a passion, mm-hmm. not just to play golf, but a passion to be great at it, a passion to, hopefully get an opportunity to play a Westlake and then beyond that is a different mindset for a coach you go through it with tennis you go through it with swimming Mm -hmm. these are you know even somewhat with volleyball as well because you have all of these clubs you have all of these Mm -hmm. what I would call a community of private coaches that have been kind of nurturing these kids and then you get them Mm -hmm. when they're 14 15 16 and 17 and even 18 years
1: old Mm -hmm. when they're kind of starting to hit their stride you know, what's funny, there are cases like that, but there's also kids that come on my team They can barely break 90. I mean, there there's some guys right now on my team that literally took up golf in eighth grade, and they were just starting out. But then you got kids like Sean Carl and Jacob and uh, Zach Kingsland. All those guys have been playing for quite a long time. So when they got here as freshmen, they were much further developed. They were a varsity player level player that shoots in the 70s all the time versus they're kind of the exception as opposed to the norm. So you got to teach. I mean, you, you have to teach. Coach Greg and I teach all the time with our JV guys to get them because they're tomorrow's players. I mean, if we're going to keep putting these trophies on the wall and sustain success, then you've got to have tomorrow's player getting ready in the oven and – He's got to go in because those three guys I just mentioned are graduating this year along with some other great seniors we have on this team. But we feel like we're going to be able to continue being successful with the young guys we have because we're working them hard right now and they're doing a good job. I think a lot of people look
0: at the coaching model and they automatically think of football. Something that no doubt you learned from Ebby Neptune, no doubt you learned from Ron Trader is you go to the middle schools and you bird dog. You know, we're going to run this offense. We're going to run this defense. Coaches, as middle schools, you're going to coach the way we coach so that when we get them as freshmen, they are further along in the process. I think a lot of people make a big deal about that, you know, in the uh, aura of Friday Night Lights and high school football and all that kind of stuff is you're doing the same thing. With golf, and I think a lot of people don't really understand how important that is for you as a teacher privately to go out and say, "Where are all these people that will eventually come into my domain as as the headman's golf coach at Wesley?"
1: I mean, it goes way back: Trevor Brown, Nick Costello. Way before that, I would get kids in the middle school and start working with them and have, inviting them to our practice. I've got one right now that's at Hill Country, and he comes and lifts with us on Tuesday, Thursday morning. And he comes to our practices because we're trying to you know, get him ready sooner. We're trying to speed up the process. And then we have the camp. I started the camp in 2005, and that's really been a huge uh, promoter of our program. There's kids on my team now that I have known for 10 years. They've been coming to camp since they were 6, 7 years old, and that's when we got them excited about golf. And, frankly, you have to recruit your own school district, and I got them away from – i got some great players on my team right now that were also well-known, very good basketball, baseball, football players that decided to make golf their sport. And I, and our camp was a big part of it. Me knowing them and recruiting them to golf, telling them, I see talent, I think you're going to be a great golfer. Consider making golf at least one of your sports. And in a lot of cases, they chose for that to be their only sport.
0: Because golf is something unlike football. And I think Coach Dodge makes a, you know, and all the coaches we talk to, they make a very big deal about how, Ninety percent of the roster, ninety-five percent of the roster, when they're done playing high school football, they're done playing football. With golf, you have something that is going to help you out, something that you enjoy doing, something that is uh, obviously very difficult. And when you're good at it, it's a whole lot more fun. Yes. And, but it also takes you into a certain level where it helps you in your adult life. And I think a lot of people, Coach Dodge and all the all the things that we talk about with Coach Lucero, even Coach Hensel, there's there's this guideline of of how you need to be when you take on the slings and arrows of life. Now, we're going to turn that around for you and teach you something that not only is going to help you right now be Mm -hmm. successful athletically, but it's also going to help you in the real world, in college, in your first job, when you start a family, stuff like that that really doesn't transfer physically but golf does because your boss could invite you out to play 18 holes and if you know how to play automatically the opinion of you completely changes in the office space when you can when you can bomb a drive down the middle of the fairway
1: for you know 300 yards and, right. and make par and that's, right. that's a lot a lot goes into that these kids it'll be a life skill i mean you got we signed five guys that are going to go play in college and we have the five other seniors that probably aren't they there's a few chances for a few of them to maybe play but even if they don't, I've told them, I mean, you're going to be the best player at your club. You're going to be the guy in the office that you're the, the ringer guy that everybody wants on the scramble team. I mean, it's just a lifelong skill, and it's a game you can play. I mean, I'm 50 years old, and I'm still playing it and love it, and it's a blast. And I hope to play for a long time.
0: Well, I think that's also something that you look at for these kids as an opportunity to be great at something. And yes. so much is made of, you know, I think we gloss over this a lot because at some point, Especially here at Westlake. You're student athletes, and, and I and I say that because we've done so many Shap of the Week interviews over the years. I've interviewed so many players that have come in and out of the program. My conversation last week with Sean Carl Dobson, it resonates with me that I have to sit down and remember you're a seventeen or eighteen year old kid. Mm-hmm. And sometimes these kids are so intelligent, so well-spoken, they have the ability to communicate their ideas like nobody else. That says a lot about Ian's ISD and a, mm-hmm. lot, a lot about how they've been educated, mm-hmm. but it also says a lot about what their mentors, what their teachers have been able to communicate to them. Mm-hmm. And communication was one of the biggest topics of conversation that we talked about with Sean Carl Dobson. To me, Coach, when you look at the way you communicate, talk about that process because it really shows the care that you have for teaching kids is how you communicate them, not what you're saying, but more so how you're saying it and when you turn on your ears and listen. And I think that's the big part that people miss about coaches. They do a lot of listening
1: as well. Absolutely. We want to know what's going on with those guys, and I talk to them all the time about more than just uh, golf. I mean, I talk to them about – how you feeling? We had a kid who was sick last week who just came back this morning. He was in the weight room. I said, how you feeling? And he said, great. I'm happy to be back. And we talk about all kinds of stuff. They, they, they need to know that you care about them as a human being, not as a player on your team, and that's it. And I think that's a big, big deal. And the other thing is being positive. A friend of mine gave me John Wooden's book back in about Oh, 05 and I'd already been coaching for seven or eight years. And one of the biggest things in his book is you should say five positive things about a kid and tell them that you see the value in them as a player before you start going in and making corrections to their technique because those are always going to be there in every sport. Doesn't matter the sport. Luckily, I was already inclined to do that. It gave me positive reinforcement that what I was doing was working. And I think a lot of people look at legendary coaches and and.
0: You're replacing one, yes, uh, with Todd Dodge, and the the sentiments are the same. But those certain sayings, those little moments, where you take inventory of what you can control, you know, dream the beautiful dream, they stay with you, and yes. it's something that's it's so beneficial. When he came here in 2014, this was kind of a, a nice little moment where the I'll call it the business side of Westlake Athletics mm-hmm. changed just a little bit, and it yeah. was unique because in that moment, and I say business because Todd Dodge comes in and. Okay, yes, I'm athletic director, mm-hmm. but I'm also the football coach. Mm-hmm. And I'm a different type of football coach. I'm not the CEO type. I am the hands-on quarterback coach, play caller guy. Right. I need help. Mm-hmm. And in when he tapped you to be what I would call executive vice presidents of the athletic department, mm-hmm. that showed me a level of confidence in him to say we have to have more people. We have to delegate. We have, there's too much that goes on in a school of over 2,000 kids where 1,800 of them play sports. Right. What was that moment like for you when, when Todd said, hey, Callan, this is what I want you to do
1: on the boys' side? Well, when we first started, um, he put me over the boys. We already had Al Bennett in place over the girls, so I got to work a couple years with Al. Haley came along a little bit later after Al. Al was a legend, Westlake legend, and a great guy to learn from. So when I first got the job, you know, I leaned on Al. Because Todd said, hey, Callan, in July, I'm out. Tag, you're it. I'll see you in January. Basically, I need to concentrate on football. I need you to be over the boys program, and I need you to handle everything. Well, I'm a rookie, right, at athletic administration. I've been a coach for a long time and and done well in that regard. But now you're over all these boys sports, and now you need to dive in and and find out from those coaches what is it that they need to be successful. Because, I mean, that's really your job as an athletic director. To me, that's your number one job. Set up your coaches to succeed. Give them what they need. Help them where you can and encourage them. Hopefully they fly. And we got some really good coaches here that that are flying and will continue to fly. You take
0: Al Bennett, you take Todd Dodge, two guys that have done very, very well in their coach's career and did it for a very long time. What are some of those key components of being able to work with Al the last eight
1: seasons with, with Coach Dodge? What are some of those things that you take in to being the new athletic director Man, that's a tough one because I learned so much good stuff from those two guys. I mean, they have a lot of experience, and they're legendary coaches. I learned I learned from Todd that, you know what, you don't have to take every single meeting that somebody wants to talk to you about the smallest things. You know, you, he kind of taught me how to balance really what's important and what needs to be handled and what could be handled by someone else or it really isn't that high of a priority, and Al did the same. I, and I learned so much from Derek Long and Ron Schrader coaching with all of those guys david smart bob abbott there's so many jim darslick all these guys had been here for a while i just listened i was a sponge for all those guys from the very beginning and then eventually kind of figured out this is how you do it and this is how i'm gonna do it i'm gonna make this golf program great coach brent showed me a lot of stuff seven state
0: titles four of them in a row going for five as good as those titles are as great as you feel for the kids and i I will not waste time and ask you which was your favorite team because that is a waste of time. Because mm-hmm. what I think a lot of people miss about being a head coach, and especially being a head coach of a high-level program, is that every class is special. Every yes. class is full of different guys with different personalities that play golf or play their sport completely differently. There might be some things that they do as a football coach at Westlake, as a guy that started in that department. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take you back to, to 2019 for a moment. Mm-hmm. What was it like, even though you weren't a coach, mm-hmm. even though that you were there kind of in an administrative capacity, having been there as a coach, yeah, having lost that game as a coach twice, twice mm-hmm. to be on that winning side and to get that championship
1: ring and to see Todd hoist that trophy, what did that mean to you? That was so special because I was so tired of the fact that our school, you know, we're always Lake Travis is always trying to compare themselves to us, and I always have to remind my Lake Travis neighbors out there that Westlake's been to the state championship game. A ton of times, but unfortunately, we had only won it once. A lot more times we had been to the state championship than they had, but they had gotten those five in a row when they were, don't forget that. We've always been in the highest level, and it's a whole new world in the highest level versus 5A. Now it's 6A, 5A. Then it was 5A, 4A, but that's fine. They had that to throw in our face that they had all these championships. Well, we had played in a ton of games, and we kept barely coming up short. It was nice, these 19 and these last three to get all three of them, because that is really hard to do. And I think also when you've
0: been a Westlake guy for a very long time, and that's the big thing, you know, you mentioned Lake Travis neighbors, you live out in Lake Travis, making a commitment to a community for 20 years is very, very hard, especially in this day and age when you're getting pulled. I don't, I don't think I'm ignorant here to think that you've had some job offers, coach. You know, yes. with, with seven state titles, you've had some job offers. What does it mean? to make the decision as a, as a human being and as a family man and as a guy that, that chose coaching, which is a very difficult and time-consuming, what makes you stay in Westlake?
1: Well, I've, I've been offered a bunch of different college jobs, and of course, that would be a big jump because that's a level change. It's a responsibility difference. It's not the same to coach college golf as it is high school because of the recruiting aspect. As far as coaching part, that'd be easy for me. I could get my guys ready to go, but having to travel, move my family. We love where we live. We love Westlake, we love Austin. We didn't really want to move. They were going to have to back up the bus to get me to go, but Westlake took care of me at the same time. One of the crossroads was 2014 when I got the assistant AD job. That promotion made it financially to where it wasn't necessary for me to go to college. And then now the same thing. There's been some colleges knocking on the door lately and I've gotten some calls and so on. And now I've got this AD job and I really don't want to leave. I love it here and I do Consider myself a Westlake guy at this point since half of my life I've been coaching here. I'll
0: well, tell you what, when you're, when you're dipping down into way and coaching baseball and basketball, and you're doing it from that, I think if you coached in the youth league and, and now you're here, you know, 22, 23 years later as the athletic director for EANS ISD coach, I, I consider your flag. Planted. yeah i'd say so <laughs> <laughs> on a personal note how does kelly feel about, about all this i mean at the end of the day what is what is her response to this you know somebody that's been by your side your two girls i know that they are college age and but at the end of the day did you ever think as a guy that went to texas i can't believe i made it to austin from arlington i can't believe i made it to westlake which is where i wanted to be and now here i am i'm the i'm the boss i'm, I'm in charge of the athletic department for a moment what does the family think about this
1: i think they're really proud i mean the feedback i've gotten from all of them was they were really proud of me for being as successful as i've been and you know not just being a coach and moving into administration i mean i felt like they were all proud we all four went to dinner at lupe after the deal and we had a nice conversation we really didn't even talk about that very much we were talking about the girls in their school and that was kind of over with they're kind of usually the center of attention anyway around our our house as coaches you're only as good as your staff
0: for sure, and that is true. Obviously, with you know all of the programs here, but then you start thinking of high school golf. Generally, in the grand scheme of things, how many programs actually have golf programs? And there are quite a bit, but most of them only have one coach. Right. And in 2008, you got to hire Lane Gregg. Right. And like you, he's a football coach, and we, and we know Lane all the way back when he was the defensive coordinator for this football program. Mm-hmm. But when you were allowed to bring him in. Another guy that is incredibly positive, a guy that, is, that understands the methodology that you're trying to preach. What does Lane bring to this program that has helped you build the success that, that both of you have?
1: He's he's just tremendous. He does a great job with our JV guys. What he did was he allowed me to focus more on the varsity. I had so many players at that time. There was 23 of them. So for me to give individual attention, instruction, really help guys get better at their game, that was hard to do. Because you try to treat every one of them the exact same. I want to give, number one, the same amount of time. like I give 23, but there was only one of me and 23 of them, so that becomes very little snippets of time. When he came... You know, that took a lot of weight off my shoulders because now we could split it in half. And he could go concentrate on this 12, and I can concentrate on this 11, and then you can get some more quality, you know, instruction and helping them develop their game. Because we are coaches. We are not bus driving sponsors. We go out to that course, and we work. It's going to be intense, and we're going to work on the things that are going to help us win.
0: A lot of the things that we talk about from coaching standpoints is the ability to not be afraid of learning New things, I think a lot of people in your position that have won as much as you have won you know seven state titles in fact, really, when you think about it, you know fifteen of the seventeen years that you 've been the head golf coach it 's either been number one in the state, number two in the state, number three in the state, or number four in the state so you 've always been there right and I think it 's that that level of sustainment we talked about that with football you, know, you go to the the title game 10 11 12 times and you know that that says more about sustained success is that you're always in the hunt now with football westlake is the top dog in golf they've been the top dog your players talk so positively about their experience with you and they run into a number of golf coaches you know they they know their way around a golf course swing coaches different guys that are helping them out along the way and they always gravitate back to their high school coach because only in high school and in college are you dealing with team golf, right? Putting that W on. The guys are proud to put the hat on. They're proud right. to put the polo on. They're proud to carry the bag in. And we we talked about that with Sean Carl last week as he said, "We, you know, I went out for my first tournament and I played in national tournaments, junior tournaments, and the players have been unbelievable, but to watch the response, teams that are there to watch you guys get off the bus." Describe how that makes you feel when you hear players talk about how much pride they have in wearing that W.
1: It makes me proud. It makes me feel a sense of accomplishment because that's what I always want. And kind of us versus the world mentality, I tell them all the time, you know, when we get to these golf tournaments, the only people rooting for you are your brothers, your coaches, and your parents. All the other people in the field, and there's usually 20-plus teams in the field, so it's not like you're going to play one opponent. You're playing 19 opponents every time you tee it up. All those other 19... Teams want you to play poorly. I mean, they may not outwardly say it, but inside they're probably, they want to beat you, and they wouldn't mind if you played poorly. So we've got each other, but don't count on anybody else rooting for you because when you win a lot, you know how that is. You can be very polarizing. They either love you or they hate you, and we've probably earned that title at this point. Coach Dodge and, and his players, Coach Lucero and
0: his players, Coach Hensel, her players, the, the swimming program, and, and, and all of the sports in between of the 16 UIL sports, and you start thinking, what does Westlake do? Coach Dodge said something earlier this year that's really stuck with me, and, and it's actually kind of mirrors what we do with Westlake Nation. If it sounds like a big deal, it usually is. If you care more than anything else, then everybody else is going to care. You might be a high school team, but if you act professionally, you might as well be professional. Mm-hmm. And I and I say that to say this, Coach, because it starts with how you practice and, and how mm-hmm. practice is such a big deal. You know, talking to Coach Hensel, talking to Coach Lucero, he said, practice is like the hardest thing they do. Mm-hmm. Talking to Coach Jones earlier this year, he said, pound for pound, the hardest workers, the golf team, mm-hmm. you know, pound for pound. Why did you design the program the way that you did? Because a lot of people around the state, people that I've talked to, look at it as a Division One
1: program that just happens to be a high school team. Part of the whole fitness there's a couple of things that I think are really important. One, if a guy is physically fit and strong, there's an inherent increase in their self-esteem. They're more confident. We walk to the tee. We're stronger. We know we can hit the ball further with less effort. And there's a, an intimidation factor in that, too. We physically don't really look like little skinny, weak golfers. We we got some muscle on us, and they look like athletes. Second thing is the mental toughness that you get for when we're pushing them because we push them very hard in that weight room. And then it's kind of like when, on the golf course when you're in, incurring some adversity. Are you going to choose to step up or, or are you going to go in a hole and feel sorry for yourself? I mean, are you going to fight? All we, all we ever ask for is that they play as hard as they can and as smart as they can for 18 holes. If they do that, they've done what we've asked them to do, win, lose, or draw. I mean, our guys just don't have any quit. I, I haven't seen quit in any of our players in years now. It's just part of our culture that even if we're not playing our best round, we're seven over through five. By the 18th hole, we're still playing hard. I see it all the time. I saw it at the Aggie Cup. We had two guys playing for them very poorly, and we ended up having to take a bad score the first day. But on the last hole, one of them birdied his last hole, and the other had 10 feet for birdie. They were still playing hard. They they never quit, which to me, I, I couldn't be mad at them for that.
0: I've always called it, never, you know, always be a tough out. Mm-hmm. And And when you're a tough out, that guy gets – on your nerves yes as a competitor that guy is a nuisance that guy you know whether he's thrown three interceptions, you know the next one is probably going to be a touchdown. He, right. You know, you could make three or four errors, and the next one is going to be the best defensive play he's ever made. You could have a sharpshooter, you know, on the on the women's basketball team, and she'll miss ten shots in a row, but she'll she'll make the buzzer beater to win the game. Right. And that is something that I think in life, as we wrap up, Coach, as a final thought, people talk about, well, that's that's a winning culture. Mm-hmm. And I think at Westlake, as you take over this athletic department, I think you're at the apex of that winning culture what's what's the number one thing coming into
1: this job your plan on how to maintain it i think i have some leadership skills that i can help our coaches with it really doesn't let the x's and o's honestly don't matter if you if you're smart you'll learn the x's and o's It's how you communicate them and and how you get your players to believe and give you the best that they've got all the time. And I think I can help some of our coaches with how they communicate. I can go to some of their practices. I'll definitely be going to a bunch of their games and hearing how they talk to their athletes. Not about X's and O's. Just are you positive with the kid and how do you make corrections? Are you attacking their character or are you actually talking about, this is what I need you to do physically to help you be more successful next time we're in this situation? There's a big difference between the two. You don't attack a kid's character ever. I mean, that's just a very poor way to coach because then you lose them. They think that you don't think they're worth anything. And so I think I can go help some of our coaches understand how to communicate and hopefully help them be more successful than they already are. How
0: much is trust a big
1: part of that? I mean, the players have to trust you. They have to know you've got their back. You believe in them. Even when they make mistakes, you still love them, and you're going to put your arm around them, and you're going to help them. Uh, continue to get better. And I think all of our coaches need to have that attitude, and I think most of them do, but that's something I'm going to be stressing as an athletic director because I know it works. If you do it, you're going to win. If you don't, you may not because you're going to lose some of your team. And I've seen coaches even here before kind of lose their team. And we can't have that. You shouldn't ever lose your team. You should be able to communicate well enough with them. If you have to sit down and talk to a kid one-on-one, because you can tell you're not getting through to him. He's got the the body language that he is checked out on you and not listening. That's when you need to pull him in and talk to him and say, look, how can we make this right? What have I done? What's my role? What's your role? How can we work together so that we're going in the same direction? How many games do you think as a kid,
0: did you watch at the old Ranger Stadium? How many when you live in a life of sports especially in a town like Arlington and you grow up around professional sports you know you're you've got the Cowboys you've got the Rangers how many games do you think you you saw? professionally when you were when you were a kid
1: well they had 162 regular season games and 81 of them were at the ranger stadium and i got a job as the program sales director and my my best friend in high school mike julius and i were program sales directors supervisors and uh, we delivered all the programs in a golf cart so basically i saw almost all of the games we delivered the programs before the game you get to sit down watch the game then you go back after the fifth or sixth inning and you pick up the programs and put them back in the storage and get ready ready to do it again the next day. This was in the summer when I was like 16. What a
0: job going to the Major League Ballpark every single week. So technically, when you think about it, you've been in athletic operations a really long time. Uh, my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> He's Coach Callan Noakes, Head Men's Golf Coach here at Westlake and the new Athletic Director of Beans ISD. Again, from from all of us that cover Westlake as uh, as our job to tell the story of the Chaparrales, could not be prouder. Uh, it is a long time coming for a guy that, that, that has done some really great things in this community and for this school. For me, Congratulations. Thank you, Joe. Greatly appreciate it.